This is Cody Conrad. It is October 30th, uh, a.k.a. Halloween Eve. Uh, I'm joined today with Maggie Nathan. Hello, everyone. Um, so, what do you want to get into first? You want to get into the basketball season, since tonight was the exhibition, or do you want to start with the ass being a Will must champ? I think probably South Carolina first, because it's the oldest, and we've probably hopefully moved past it a little bit looking forward. Okay. So, I haven't actually gotten to talk to you about the game really a whole lot uh, since Saturday. So, uh, how uh, how are you feeling coming off of our first ever win as a football program uh, over Will Muschamp? Well, just, you got to look around and see all this disappointment, you know. It's just so happy to see all of these, uh, all these disappointed fans, you know, to quote the ultimate... Um, <clears throat> sore loser or sore winner, Will Muschamp. Right. It's great to see all the fans of Columbia, South Carolina disappointed. Go ahead. Yeah. It, it does feel good, though, to finally beat him. Um, I I will admit this. I ha- A lot of people hate him more than anyone. I have kind of somewhat developed a little bit of respect for him just because how much he hates SEC officials and the way that he doesn't put up with it. Um, I do find that somewhat respectable, but he is uh, an an ass, and he did deserve to get it kicked, so if you will. So it felt good, and we looked good, which was the best part to see, in my opinion. Yeah, I I agree with you that he has become like more likable, I guess, over his time at South Carolina. I guess I guess the the whole thing with how he hates officials just as much as everyone else has made him more likable. But I also think it's because he's calmed down somewhat on yeah, the sidelines. Yeah, too. Like, against Florida, it always looked like he was about to blow, or when he was at Florida, it, it always yeah. looked like he was about to blow his top off. But, I mean, he he's kind of toned it down somewhat, I guess, for his uh, standard on the sidelines that's made him more likable. But, yeah, the whole, the whole official thing, too. Um, I, I've actually, I mean, obviously I, I wanted to beat him very badly uh just because we have never uh seen that happen but he has i have liked him a lot more recently at south carolina but it does feel good to get the win yeah absolutely and it always feels good to be you know i wouldn't i wouldn't call south carolina a rivalry um but and i i have kind of a long-standing i would say more annoyance towards south carolina you know they they still haven't been in the league that long. They've never won the SEC. Uh, they still have an ACC championship banner up in their stadium, just like Mizzou has a couple big 12 things. Like, I get that you need to keep it up there, but it still makes me laugh because it's, like, from a really long time ago. Right. Um, and I also feel a little bit like I was always kind of annoyed by the Spurrier situation at Carolina and the whole sandstorm thing and how, like, they got to the final four. Like, they have a lot of things about their program that it's kind of like the meme of, like, Dora reaching through the fence, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, and this is another really hot coach take that, like, is probably going to get me raked over the coals if anyone hears this, like, me saying this. But, like, Steve Spurrier's from East Tennessee and the fact that he, we never, like, 
he just consistently destroyed us, except for when he played Butch Jones. Like, it's very weird to me. It's kind of like a parallel universe type thing. So the fact that Carolina had him has always kind of sat weird with me. But it was really great to beat them, like you said, and it had been a while. And I felt the need to kind of enact revenge on them. And this is one of my friend, really good friends, Andrew, said this, and I think it's a really good point, is that if we truly did get back to where we should be last Saturday by beating Carolina, you can kind of bookend the worst part of the last 10 years with Carolina, starting in the loss of 2016 in Columbia where we lost the East after we started 5-0. and yeah. And then we wrapped up that season with the loss to Vandy and then had 2017 four and eight and then 2018 you know five and seven still really terrible team and then the awful part at the beginning of this season and then wrapping it up with a win over carolina is kind of poetic like if it ends up working out that way right right and uh, going all the way back to where you were talking about sandstorm i mean we can agree that sandstorm is the worst tradition in the sec right uh i've never thought about it that way but that's probably true i mean that's very like like, Virginia Tech does it. Like, it's not even really a tradition. Like, it's... Uh, it's kind of like the, the, the 12th man with, with Texas A&M I have respect for. Right. But I also it also annoys me because, like, the Seahawks do the same thing. And it's like the Florida State war chant. Like, the, the Chiefs do it, and the Braves and do Braves. it. If multiple teams do it, then I, you can't really consider it, like, a tradition, in my opinion. Right. That's Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at, too. And then I didn't even think about the, the whole 12th man thing uh, with Texas A&M. But, yeah, and Texas, I mean, Texas and they're so weird over there. It really is not. It's a completely different playing field, but still, they've got better traditions than the 12th man from an outsider's perspective. And they've got a, a most beautiful stadium I've ever seen. No offense to Neyland. It's gorgeous over there. But anyway, back to Carolina. It, um, if, I mean, if you want to actually talk about a little bit of the game, like, I've been a life, lifelong Garantano hater. Yeah. And he played fine, but everyone's kind of giving him a little bit too much credit for it, I think, because the way he played is the way that he should be playing, so I don't really want to, like, that's the, he played at the bar, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, for his standard, he played a great game. I mean, from what we've seen this season, like, that was his best. Oh, yeah. His, 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 that's the best it's going to get from here on out. Like, if yeah, we, and I think it's, if we see more ahead. from him, like, the remainder of the season, like, He's not going to be better than he was Saturday. Like, I mean, he, no, he he obviously had the Auburn game last year where he he played yeah, out, of his, out of his mind, too. But, I mean, from, from this year, like, you're, you're not going to get better than that. No, and I think it's really good timing, too, especially, like, on the back half of the season. Like, it'll be the perfect way to wrap up his hype video for when he transfers to Rutgers. Like, it'll get their fans really excited, I think. <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna be able. He's capable of throwing more than fifty yards a game. So I think that's gonna be really, really good for him in his future to uh, to kind of get his fans of his future team excited about you know what he's capable of once every eighteen months. Right. Yeah. <laughs> One game a year, you'll you'll have a really good Jarrett Guarantano. <laughs> but eleven times out of the year, you'll have a really shitty Jarrett Guarantano. But you know what? You, but you're Rutgers. It, you're Rutgers. Yeah. So. I mean, the good is going to outweigh the bad. Yeah, it's 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 really low hanging fruit to rag on him. He did play well. He had a couple, you know, good deep balls, which everyone's always said. Well, he could really throw the deep ball. Well, he is a quarterback, so it's kind of a <laughs> it's 
kind of half the battle. But I was really excited by JT Shrout. He's got the build of a quarterback. Like he's got the the real broad shoulders, um, tall, and that. I mean, I've probably watched the clip of him throwing the fifty-five yarder to Marquez Callaway, like. At least three hundred times. Uh, yeah, my favorite part of that play is just Callaway like jogging at the five yard line. Just he just kept turning yeah. around and talking to that yeah, like, defensive back. Yeah, like running diagonally into the end zone. Yeah, he, he wasn't even running. He was like kind of a slow paced jog. Like he knew that he had the angle and he wasn't going to catch him. And he just kept yeah, turning around awesome. and jogging. Yeah. So are you a uh, are you Team Shroud over Team Money Mauer or are you still Team Money Mauer? I'm 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 Team Big Money because I just have like. I just love him. I don't know if it's motherly instinct because he's like this little freshman. I mean, I'm only five years older than him, but there's just some sort of like I want to protect him. Right. <laughs> so like seeing him go out there and get hurt has been has been tough, but like I just love his intensity. And I was telling um, one of my friends earlier today, like he has the, the intensity of like Tim Tebow. Like, pre-BCS 2008 championship, like, you could punch him in the face and he'd be in, like, the locker room <laughs> bleeding. He'd still be, like, hyping up the team, saying, like, we're going out there, like, nothing's going to stop us. Like, the way that he will just take every, like, blow and just keep on moving, like, I really respect that out of him. Right, and the, the Mississippi State game where he did the scorpion, and then me and you actually yeah. thought that he bro- <laughs> we, we thought that he broke his back and then stayed in the game. And through that oh, yeah. interception, and I wasn't surprised that he stayed in the game with a broken back because that's how much of a gamer he is. Yeah, exactly. It's like he the adrenaline. Adrenaline is like his. I don't know. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. But no, I I really like him, and I love his enthusiasm for the game, and I also love how he listens to play calls, and I think that's one reason why it was so obvious. Like whenever he came in. Um, I, what was his, the first game he played was Georgia, right? Yeah, he started against Georgia. Well, I mean, he had, he got playing time against uh, UTC. He came in. Yeah, like, I mean, Chattanooga doesn't count no. in my eyes, but, like, no. the first, like, big-time game he got, you know, minutes in uh, was the Georgia game, mm. and then, obviously, I believe he started Mississippi State. It's all running together somehow. Um, yeah, he, but, start, he started the Georgia game, and then he threw that uh, pass to, I guess, yeah, it was Callaway. He threw that deep ball to Callaway. That yeah. SEC Network played a thousand times, and I watched a thousand times. And uh, he led the two touchdown drives. He was in. He did he get oh, hurt yeah, that yeah, game yeah. too? Yeah, he was in for both yeah, touchdown he, drives early. Yeah, he was hurt that game because he had to be like he went totally limp on the sideline. Yeah, there, that, there yeah. was like a gif that was going around of him. But no, anyway, I mean, I think he really listens to Jim Cheney. I think he's a great like coach's quarterback. To where like he's gonna do exactly what you tell him to do, and he's not gonna call his own number on the goal line and and go down as like some sort of like yakky sacks highlight clip, you know, worst football play probably in like Tennessee's history. But I I don't know. But to that question, um, I believe somebody asked the question: Is it gonna be possible to see two quarterbacks transfer? Um, I think that's very likely yeah. because I don't think there's any chance Garantano stays and then we've got these two plus Harrison Bailey I mean I just yeah. I think that I mean again we've seen limited 
you know, minutes, you know, not enough to, to really know, but I think just from what we've seen, there's too much talent to just be sitting on a bench, you know? All right. I think that was Voldemort that asked that question. But uh, I, SEC Mike, is it Mike Bratton? Is that his name? I know he's SEC yeah. Mike on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah, he he was the one that said that Tennessee has the deepest quarterback room in the country with uh, JG, Big Money, and uh, and JT Shrout. So, I mean, I don't see Gordon staying, like you said. I think he's already bought his plane ticket for uh, Piscataway, New Jersey. Yeah, he's also already graduated, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's so, yeah, he's going to be a grad transfer, so. Yeah, so he's, you know, he's got immediate eligibility, then, if I am correct. And, like, you just put him up there with, you know, Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow and um, right. <laughs> all these grad transfers totally making a wave through college football. You know, the sky's the limit. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, if I had to guess who the other one was going to be to transfer, I would say it would be Shrout. Just because I think that uh, he would be more likely to than than Maurer, because I th- I think Maurer is like like we said that he's a gamer, like he's gonna go out and he's gonna want to ball out and try to yeah. compete for the compete for uh, the starting job next year over Harrison Bailey, and also J T. Strats from California. So I feel like I mean I don't know really anything about him, but I feel like he would be more likely to as well because he would want to go back out west or at least closer to home. I mean yeah, that's just, just like Jacob Eason. Right, yeah, yeah, perfect example. Yeah, that's what, um, I didn't even think about that, but, yeah, I, I feel like he would have a higher chance to go out west just because he's, you know, so far away from home as well. Yeah, that's a good point, and he does have really incredible arm talent, and that's, it's just, you know, that Harrison Bailey has, before Mauer and JT Shrout started game playing time. He had like the weight of the world on his shoulders, and I feel like some of that has been alleviated, which is really nice. Not only like as a fan that we're not having to bank on him like being the next like Heath Schuler, but for his own sake, like I'm sure he's been kind of a nervous wreck. Yeah, like as, as exciting as it's got to be to be the who eventually like big man on campus and like you're going to be the guy. I can't imagine dealing with that kind of pressure. No. No, and also uh, with Harrison Bailey, like all the pressure is, I mean, I guess a little bit of the pressure is off his shoulders because we have Maurer, but everyone is counting on him to come in here and be the next uh, the next Peyton Manning on campus. And he, even you called him the, the college football Zion, where no, uh, yeah. no freshman has had this high of an expectation uh, coming into their freshman season in college, in either, you know, basketball or football. But, uh, I don't know. It should be interesting to see uh, what happens to the QB room in the off season. I think that I would put it at right now like fifty fifty. I guess is that fair to say as two quarterbacks that we lose two quarterbacks this off season. Yeah, we'll know better uh, by the end of the season for sure. Obviously, especially depending on like whatever happens. Uh, you know, if there's an injury, if if Brian Maurer keeps running around like a chicken with his head cut off and has, like, a really serious injury, then J.T. Trout ain't going anywhere. No. But it's all dependent on, you know, there's we still got a little bit less than half the season to go. So we'll see what happens. But I, I have a – I'd say I'd probably put it at 50-50 as well. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at too. Um, so – 
we were talking about the the plays, how uh, uh, Maurer is a, a coach's quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. How about uh, Jim Chaney calling the plays up, uh, uh, and he's starting to look like Jim Chaney again. Like, I mean, it's pretty awesome to see how much passion he has up there in the booth now and how he's just, like, the offense is just, like, all of a sudden woken up. Like, I don't even know if it's a Jared Gorantano thing, like, if it were a Brian Maurer thing. I think it's a Jim Chaney thing where he has just decided that he's going to be vintage Jim Chaney and just start calling a hell of a game every time that Tennessee plays. I mean, the play calling Saturday was absolutely phenomenal. Like, it was a thing. It was poetry in motion. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. I mean, he – I think it couldn't be more obvious now that for whatever reason, like if seven, eight months isn't enough, the team just flat out was not ready to play in August, late August, early September. I mean, they just – no one was prepared. The quarterbacks weren't prepared. The defense wasn't prepared. And none of the coaching staff was ready either. So it's like it's taken way too long for people to get ramped up and to find out, like, find the rhythm. But Jim Cheney is absolutely looking like 2009 Jim Cheney, like making it work with Jonathan Crompton type situation. Like, I don't know. It just it feels good. It, it does feel very good. I mean, the two uh, the two pass plays um, with the the one with. Um, Callaway, shout out to Callaway for the touchdown, and mm-hmm. the very first play of the second, uh, yeah, the very first play of the second half with, with uh, JG, where he threw it, I think yeah. it was to Callaway too, and he underthrew him, it was the exact same play, and I mean, it completely, it worked perfect to perfection both times. I mean, the fact that he ran the same exact play twice with two different quarterbacks, and it worked flawlessly, I mean, obviously the JG underthrew him by 10 yards, but Callaway caught it because he's amazing (laughs) but the fact that it worked both times is pretty is just you know flopping the hog out there on the table in my opinion yeah Yeah, slam Jim is back and it's it's a good feeling and he I think like for the rest of the season moving forward we're obviously our schedule is always really top heavy um UAB is probably the best team that we're going to play until the end of the season from here on out, you know? I think our... <clears throat> um, excuse me. I think our schedule, like, each team we play gets progressively worse uh, between now and the end of the season. So, with the UAB thing, like, they are 6-1, and one, but all the teams they've beat have been terrible. Yeah. Um, but still, you know, they're, we've played UAB a lot in the past, like the who could forget... Denarius Moore being carried off the field, um, whatever like we, that was. Yeah, like we just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, 2012. Derek Dooley. That was like that was so peak Dooley. But anyway, like the, just Jim Cheney, I think he's gonna just really start cooking with gas now, especially that he can use as many quarterbacks as he wants at this point, in, including Jawan Jennings, if you know, if need be. So, or even if if not, if need be, like if he wants to. You know, he's he's just as capable, if not more, than anybody else out there. So I think they're getting into a rhythm, and he's really going to show us what he's got in his huge-ass pockets for the rest <laughs> of the season. Uh, and also, it, I mean, Jim Chaney calling the plays is pretty awesome, but it's also to see, awesome to see uh, Tennessee has finally started 
controlling the line of scrimmage in games. Like, even against Alabama, uh, I mean, you saw it a little bit against Georgia, uh, Mississippi State, we controlled the line, and then um, last week against South Carolina, we controlled the line of scrimmage. I mean, uh, to see a Tennessee team, I don't remember the last time I've seen a Tennessee team control the line of scrimmage like we have on both sides of the ball. I mean, obviously we thought that the uh, defensive line was going to be an issue this year, and it has for the first half of the season. But, I mean, we're holding good teams, like good running teams, to like two less than three yards of carry. Uh, and then the offensive line, we're able to push it, defensive lines back, even Alabama's defensive line, like that play where Trey Smith um, – yeah, pancake him. Yeah, I mean, Trey Smith is knocking Grumman into the ground. Like, our offensive line is looking like, I mean, looking like a top-level SEC offensive line. It's finally starting to come into picture, come into play. Yeah, people were so prepared to to, to blame them for everything like they always do. The offensive line at Tennessee, I feel like historically, besides that one year under Derek Dooley, where, like, everyone on the – like the front five is like in the NFL still. Except Tony Richardson, um, who didn't he retire like right after he was drafted? He probably like medically retired like every every yeah. other offensive lineman we've had since. Yeah, but, of course. Um, just like they're always like the scapegoat, and I'm just really proud of them for not really like falling. You know, not <clears throat> I, I can't even think. Not, um, like, listening to the outside noises, Wild Jones would say, and just getting in, like, doing, putting in the work and getting better. And I'm also proud of Will Friend, who was pretty much clowned all off season, mm-hmm. and everybody wanted him gone and replaced with Sam Pittman, um, like, have him come back with, with Jim Chaney. And he, I mean, he's earned his, what, $875,000 or whatever ridiculous amount of money he makes for coaching a bunch of corn fed white boys from. Granger County or wherever they're, I mean, right. I mean, yeah. not like these are a bunch of elite prospects. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've just worked really, I mean, besides Trey Smith, obviously, but like they've, I'm also very much generalizing, but you know, they're, they, these are not, this is an Alabama yeah. offensive line. Or, he, he, he didn't go to the Patriots and pick the offensive lineman that he wanted to bring back to Tennessee. Yeah, like he's he's coached them up really well, and the the guys are playing really hard, and it's it's good. It's nice to see. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to see. Even on the defensive line, I mean, we knew Daryl Taylor, we knew what he was capable of. But I mean, all these younger guys like Middleton, uh, Greg Emerson, Kevon Bennett. I mean, guys that you weren't really expecting a whole lot from this year have been producing uh, at a high level. Like at they've been producing just as much as Daryl Taylor has on the on the defensive line, which is really something that, I mean, personally, I didn't expect to see. Um, and, I mean, it was like after, you know, in the South Carolina game, after Daryl Taylor went down with the injury, and then mm-hmm. the very next play, I think it was DeAndre Johnson was the one that got back there and got the sack. Like, I mean, it's just guys, like, like you said. Like, yeah, it's like next man up. Yeah, I mean – it, it's not – we don't have the most talented guys or the most highly rated guys, but we just have guys going out there and, you know, playing hard, making plays, which gives me hope for the future that when we – when Jim Cheney finally has, like, good offensive – like, I mean, obviously he has Juwan and Callaway, but when he finally has, you know, a really good offensive, like, rounded out 
group of guys, and the Pruitt has a really good rounded out group of defensive players, like his guys, you know, the cliche, but I think that gives me hope for the future, at least. Well, I think what you're talking about, um, guys who aren't five stars and they're not really well-known prospects, but they're still playing really hard and they're playing well, like they're like the next man up, next, next man up mentality and they're filling in and making plays. That's to me, that's a testament to coaching more than anything where, whereas like during, I hate comparing because it's, it's dead and gone and it just makes me mad to think about, but in the Butch Jones days, like that 2016 season, the entire team was hurt and they just use it as an excuse and be like, well, you know, we're really banged up right now. And, you know, we've got the fourth string in, and that's why we're losing. Right. Now, like, you can have the fourth string in, and he's going to make he's gonna make a play because he's actually being coached. You know, everybody's getting actual reps in practice. Everyone's actually learning. Everyone's getting developed. And we haven't seen that here in a long time. So I think that's testament to how much of, like, a football guy Jeremy is who's going to treat everyone equally regardless of their you know three-year-old rivals ranking like they're still going to get the reps they're still going to have to practice they're still going to have to fight for their spot so i think that is very promising for the future especially as we get more talent like that's just going to just elevate us even more right and uh and if there's anyone on this football team that deserves an apology it is nigel warrior who has played Absolutely incredible. Ever since the Florida, uh, Florida game, where on their first yeah, drive, yeah, like the first play, yeah, where he couldn't even turn around for the ball. Like it, if he would have turned around, he could have just like stuck his hands up and knocked it down because he we knew that he wasn't gonna intercept it. But I mean, uh, that since that moment, since that game, I guess because I don't really remember what he did the rest of that game. But since that game, I mean, he has played the four, five, six, however many games that's been since Florida. It feels like 25 games since we've played Florida. But he, he's put together the best stretch of his entire career here. I mean, it only took him three and a half years to figure it out and to play yeah. to play on the level that everyone th- thought Dale Carter's son was capable of playing. But, I mean, he he is uh, I mean, he's making a case to where I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go in the NFL, like not get drafted, but like go to a camp, make a team. Like, I think I said the Bills, and you said the Cardinals. Like, oh, yeah, just like team. everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, just, there's so many examples of, of, of balls who have done that, and I think that'd be great for him. He, I mean, he's got the pedigree, so I'm proud of him, too. I mean, he's, he did still get burned. I mean, wasn't it him who got burned that first play against Carolina the, when they scored on the first play? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who that was. That, I'm pretty uh, sure that was Nigel Warrior, but still, I think yeah, it he's, probably was. He's, He's tuned. He's tuned out a lot of the negativity, and he's he's balled out. You know, I won't not fully. I'd say to a degree, but like I'm still proud of him, and I think he's really definitely changed the tune of his legacy, um, at least a little bit. So I, it's good to see that for sure. And again, a testament to coaching. Right, right. And if uh, if Justin Coleman can become the highest paid nickel corner in the <laughs> NFL, yeah. then Nigel Seriously, can can make an NFL roster. Yeah, if, if like Justin Coleman's gonna be a pro bowler and like everybody's just constantly <laughs> drilling over him, like Nigel Warrior can do it too. It's a and, good point. and Emmanuel Mosley starting for uh, the the Niners, the 49ers. who are undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, it doesn't and make there's any somebody sense. else too, uh, Rashawn Golden. Yeah, with the Panthers, and then I think there is one other. 
guy too out there somewhere. I'm sure it's it's not Justin Martin. I can tell you that. No, but somebody. No, he's still celebrating uh, uh, the DBU sign, the no fly zone after uh, he clearly <laughs> got a pass interference, or the the ball was just underthrown and he was ten yards yeah. behind the wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is Jason Crooms in the league? Totally random. Oh my god! He's one of those uh, other guys that hung around for a while. He did play for the Bills briefly. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. He probably uh, he's probably way deep on a roster. I'd somewhere. say he's, he's in a practice, practice squad. squad. Yeah. yeah, he's on a practice squad somewhere. So, are you uh, are you in on the notion that we can win out and go seven and five? Or sh- I'll say should win out. Are you in the notion that we should win out? Because we we can. Like, we could win out, but you think we should? We, we should. I mean, you should realistically any year. And I know we've been terrible forever. I hear it constantly from other fans when you say stuff like this. But, like, you should be able to beat UAB, Kentucky, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Don't ever tell me that you can't beat any of those teams. So I mean, Kentucky doesn't, should... doesn't even have a quarterback. Like, they're, they're well, running wildcat they... every play. Well, that's not good news for us, especially playing in Lexington. That's because, But, um, no, Kentucky, they're completely injury. I mean, they've been totally decimated, and Vanderbilt is god-awful. Missouri lost. They've lost to Kentucky, Vandy, and Wyoming. I don't want to hear anything about Kelly Bryant if you lose to Kentucky, Vandy, and Wyoming. I don't want to hear it. So, and then UAB, you know, they're UAB. They're, they're, mm-hmm. They didn't have a football program three years ago. So there's really no excuse <laughs> yeah. to lose any of these teams. So it'll. Be, we should win out. Will we? I would like to think that we've crawled out of the, like, the abyss that we've been in. But there's no way to know that until the season's over. Because as much as I want to think, like, we're somewhat, like, quote, unquote, back, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. I I fully expect Tennessee to break my heart in any way. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. If there's one game I don't want to lose, I can't I can't lose to Vanderbilt again. We we can't have the senior class go 0 and 4 against Sandy. That's just completely unprecedented, literally unprecedented. So that yeah. can't happen. And then you know, yeah, Jawan can't leave here with one win against Vandy. No, and he can't. His senior night. Oh my God, that Neilan might flood. With tears. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, like you said, UAB, I think, might be our toughest matchup left, but they haven't played anybody. They have – I saw – No. I saw the stat today. I don't remember who posted it, but I saw a stat today that they have the fourth best defense in the country, uh, but they have the 125th strength of schedule, I think it was. And, like, all – they their entire um, like opponents have five combined FBS wins, and their only loss came at the hands of Western Kentucky and Western Tyson Kentucky. Hilton, coached by Tyson yeah. Hilton. So that doesn't <laughs> oh really gosh. that doesn't really uh, intimidate me as much. Um, and then obviously Missouri, like you said, they have lost to Wyoming, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky, um, and then Kentucky's Kentucky and Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. So I I do think that. I think that we should win out. I'm also under the notion that we should win out. And like you said, we don't know if, like, we've crawled out of the abyss. But that's after the, the win Saturday night felt different. Like, it felt like it felt like we were finally playing, like, Tennessee football again. Like, it, it felt different than what happened last year 
when we uh, beat Auburn, who wasn't very good, and then we beat Kentucky, who wasn't very good, who was overrated all season long. So, I mean, it, it felt different to Saturday night is what I'm getting at. Like, like I don't know. I could be wrong there, but to me no, it, it I think felt you're different. Right. I think you're right. I think the way that they played, like, they just dominated every phase of the game. Whereas, like, the Auburn thing is we caught them. Um, I think it was, like, their homecoming. It was a noon kickoff. Gus Malzahn's always prone to drop a game he shouldn't for the most part. Like, you know, Garen, that was Garantano's best game of his career. Mm-hmm. And I will hand him that. Like, he, he did play really well. But I think that game was a little bit fluky just on Auburn's side. Like, they played really – I mean, I don't know. I, there's so many people who really sheeped it up over that game, which I get it because it was the first SEC win since 2016, and it was something to really be excited about. But there are some people who I think really elevated that win over what it really was. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, and not, I think, not even taking I, anything away – sorry. Not even taking anything away from Jeremy there, but I, I do feel like that win was kind of fluky. But go ahead. Yeah, no, I, it was a good, it was a really good win at the time, and I mean, it's still a good win. But I think if you're comparing the two um, SEC, like I don't, you know, Mississippi State, that was an SEC win, but you know, they're Mississippi State. They're really, they're really terrible. Yeah, they're right there next to Vanderbilt. They're awful, and I don't know. I just think the South Carolina this year, in comparison to the Auburn game, was a much better like, resounding performance. Not, not taking away from the Auburn game, just in comparison of the two, I think Carolina is much more impressive. Yeah, I, I completely agree, even though even though they, uh, what, were, I, what was their record? Were they, did they have the same record as us? Were they 3-4? and four? They were 3-4, and four, yeah. So they were a game better than us. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I do, I do think that win meant a lot more. And I do think we should win out. And I don't know... I mean, I've seen the bowl projections have us. One has us at, like, playing Iowa. One has us playing Indiana. I don't remember where the bowl locations were. Um, I think both of them that I saw were the Taxler Bowl in Jacksonville. Okay. Yeah, I haven't really looked into the bowl, uh, like, bowl locations yet. Um, you know, I expect us to get, like, maybe the Liberty Bowl, Music City Bowl, something like that. Maybe the Belk Bowl. Feels like a, Have we ever played in the Belk Bowl? No, I think I think the SEC is too top heavy for us to get into the Belk Bowl this year because it's like Alabama, LSU. You know, depending on what happens with them next week, like that's that's going to be the, basically the winner of that game is going to be a playoff unless they lose in the SEC championship, which I doubt. So you have Alabama, LSU, Florida, who somehow is still coasting along, acting like they're not. Okay, this this happens all the time, and I, I can't really get into it because I'll go off on a tangent. But like this whole like thing where Florida somehow gets away with winning and then like being in the top ten for no reason, even though they're not that good, drives me nuts. Yeah. Um, but there's Alabama, LSU, Florida, Georgia, Auburn. I mean, that's five teams, and so that's five. You know, maybe two in the playoff. I doubt it, but you never know. So then you've got like three other bowl games, and then that leaves the others, like, I don't know. It depends on the way it plays out, but I don't think the Belk Bowl is really in our grasp this year. I think we're a little below it. Well, that's uh, disappointing that we're not good enough for the Belk Bowl. 
But we'll, well get back. We'll get back to get Doug Bowles. The fact that we're even talking about a bowl right now is, is amazing. Oh, so. I mean, yeah, obviously. After starting 0-2 and, you know, everything that has happened since starting 0-2 and the, you know, everyone calling for, or not everyone, but a lot of people calling for Jeremy's head, saying he wasn't going to make it. <sighs> Those people are starting to look uh, more and more. Yeah, I mean, they looked. I'll say it, like, they looked dumb when they said it to begin with, and they just are going to continue to look dumb. Yeah, I mean, I was I was starting to, like, really wonder if Jeremy wanted to be here. Um, I, there's a difference in thinking that he didn't want to be. I didn't, I've, I still, like, something changed after the Alabama game, for sure, and I'll oh, yeah. admit that all day long. But there's a difference in thinking, does he really want to be here, and we need to fire him. Yeah, I wasn't under the notion that we want that we need to fire him just because I didn't want to start a whole other rebuilding thing, and you know it was going to set us back even more. Like I, you got to give him time, obviously, and like also you know, which is sounds like such a loser thing to say, but like who are you going to go get? Like who are you going to go get that's going to be better than him? Like I don't know. There was a lot of things to where it just wouldn't have made any sense to to pull the plug on him uh, at at no. the end of the season. But uh, we've talked about football for a while. Let's jump into basketball. Uh, we've started to go over here. But uh, anyway, basketball, you went to the to the exhibition match tonight versus uh, Eastern New Mexico. Did you see anything that uh, would lead you to believe that we're going to the Final Four this year? I did not. Okay. I did not see anything to lead me to believe that. I So just really basic um, like observations for me. Lamonte and Jordan Bowden are going to have to score 20 points apiece for us to compete, really. Um, they're obviously the, the the foundation of the team. Um, Lamonte, they, I mean, they both look good. They both look they – there was a lot of turnovers tonight, but that's just an exhibition game. Like, you're knocking off the dust. Like, I'm not worried about that at all. But they – I mean, they both look normal. Lamonte looks healthy. You know, he's had so many shoulder issues. I think he looked – like he, his normal self, like no, nothing looked holding him back. Uh, Jordan Bowden looked his normal self, you know, he was hitting threes. Um, East Pond's got quite a bit of playing time, which he's going to get a lot of playing time. He started, I know he started a little bit last year, kind of in the, in like December. Yeah. I believe he actually started a Gonzaga game. Um, yeah, he did. But I think he was, I think, uh, Rip Barnes was starting him to kind of make a, make a statement to Lamonte or, you know, that was kind of a statement start, like preseason, um, to, like regular, um, at a conference, you know, scenario. But he's going to have to get a lot of playing time this year. And he, you know, he's just so athletic and he's, he's still working on fundamentals of basketball, which, you know, it is what it is. Um, he, he, he hustles. He has some really nice blocks tonight. Uh, we, everyone knows he can dunk. Um, but he's he plays good defense and he he hustles. He doesn't always put his arms up or box out, but he. Uh, I love him. You know, I'm always gonna. Yeah, like know. he he's really good at being like freak freakishly athletic, right? Like that's the thing that yeah. he's best at. But he's not like a great basketball player. Like when when he has to use his athletic ability to do something on the basketball court, like he's he's like not. It's that, awesome. Yeah, he's like he's not that good at it. Like he just doesn't understand what it, what to do. Like he's so freakishly athletic, he doesn't know what to do with it. Like I mean, obviously you said he he had some nice blocks. He usually has a, a few blocks like that, you know, 
uh, where he just like jumps from out of nowhere and sends one into the fifth row. But and then obviously he catches like, oops, and I mean, I other than being just you know six foot six with a forty plus inch vertical, and arms that drag down to his knees, like I mean he 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 doesn't really have a basketball IQ. I mean he hasn't he's developed a little bit better of one since he was a freshman, but it's still like the pieces aren't all there. Like if he yeah, if he ever put all the pieces there, I mean he would be like. I mean, he would be an NBA prospect. Yeah, I'm I've sure always that. said, like, he's, like, the ultimate Trojan horse. Like, you just trot him out there, and someone has never scouted him before is like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> he's got, like, a very similar build to, like, Russell Westbrook. Just, like, completely jacked, and, like, just you're, you see him, and you're like, oh, my God, this guy's going to destroy me. And then he just, like, tries to dribble the ball and, like, loses control of it. But yeah. I I love I love Eve. I love Eve Pons, and I'm excited to see the Ball Hoops Twitter account makes French jokes about him. And then uh, John Fulkerson, obviously, is getting a ton of playing time. He's got long hair now. Um, he kind of looks like Skylar McVie. <laughs> I, um, I thought the exact same thing today when I was watching that. <laughs> yeah, he looks a little bit like Skylar McVie, but he, I think he had like 10 points or so, which is anytime he's going to get, you know, double-digit points, like, that's good news. We need that from him. Um Jalen Johnson, I wish he would have gotten more playing time last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's uh, there were a lot of situations where, like, when we were on that war path, like, in January, um, that Rick could have sat, like, Admiral or Grant or both and given him some time, you know, sit sit the starters and, and get him acclimated to, like, SEC play. But he, he didn't get as many minutes as I feel like he should have, but he looked fine. Um, he, his defense is, is what it is. Um, and then, what's his name? The, uh, the five-star. Uh, uh, Josiah James. Yeah, Josiah James. He, uh, he looks, he looks like a sophomore or junior, like his build. Like, he looks like he's obviously been in the weight room and, like, he's, a, he's an athlete. Um, he, he still looks a little... I mean, he's a, tr- he's a true freshman, but he's a five-star, so I think he's going to be really athletic. Um, I'm really looking forward to watching him develop. I feel like by January, February, like, he'll really, really, really be rolling. He just needs, like, to get acclimated to college basketball. I mean, you can't fault anyone for that. But I'm excited to see him play. I think he's going to be really good. Obviously, he's a five-star. Um, and then well, there's, I mean, like, Five-stars, the they've had Duke Cruz and, you know, Robert Holmes yeah. and all that. But go ahead. Scotty Hobson. Yep, Scotty Hobson. Um, and then there's the the kid from Bearden. Um, he's pretty lanky. I think, you know, my this is not very like great analysis because I wasn't. I'll be honest, I wasn't paying that close of attention because it was an exhibition game. Yeah. But I do have the like I, I have the vault pass, so I'm going to be like at every game I can go to and look for it. And still, like I don't know half the team. You know, everyone that I loved is gone. So yeah. it's going to take a little bit, take a couple of weeks to get used to all these guys, and they all seem a little bit small, a little bit lanky, but it'll be fun to watch him develop and get coached up by Rick because we all know how good he is at, at you know player development. So it's going to be a fun season. It's not going to be a great you know record breaking season, but it'll be fun. I was going to ask you what you thought that um, uh, what you would put the uh, like over under at for wins this season. 
I'd probably put it like 18. Okay. 18, 19, 20. So are you, are you expecting to make the tournament? Uh, I'm expecting to make the NCAA tournament just by virtue of the fact that now Rick Barnes is the third highest paid coach in college basketball behind like Mike Koshevsky and John Calipari. Yeah. So if you're making that kind of money, you, you, you better make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you can't take years off with that kind of money. No. And I, what I would like to see are us make like this, like Friday to Saturday of the SEC tournament. I, I honestly don't want to watch us lose the tournament championship again. No, I don't so, want to make them lose. Yeah, I don't want to have to like face that again because those last two have been really brutal. So I'd like to make it like the Friday, Saturday of the tournament. If you know, hopefully we don't have to do a play-in game. I don't think we're that bad. Um, and then I would also like to see us obviously go above 500 in conference play in the regular season. And then I, I want to make the NCAA tournament. Did uh, did we make the SEC tournament championship the year before last? Yeah, we played Kentucky and we lost. It was awful. I don't remember that game. I mean, obviously, I remember Auburn. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we, we, played, beat, we beat uh, Arkansas the day before, right? Yeah, we played Arkansas. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember. And then Dick Vitale was going crazy about Kentucky. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was going, Kentucky, yeah. Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky. Yeah. Over, 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 over. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah, I do. I just respond to a terrible memory that I had somehow managed yeah. to forget. Uh, I do expect yeah. this next tournament, though. Um, like you yeah, said, last, I, I expect about 20 wins, you know, anything over 20 wins, I'll be extremely happy with under 20 mm-hmm. wins. I won't be that disappointed, but I mean, bottom line, I just want to make the tournament. Um, I've said since the off season that I expect us to get about a seven seed in the tournament, which I think would be fair if you get with, with our, um, out of conference schedule. Um, I think if you get a couple wins there, you know, obviously you got Wisconsin, Washington, uh, Memphis. Memphis, then that uh, little tournament thing with Purdue, and I think like Florida State's in that or Florida something State. weird. V- VCU maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean you have a chance there. So I mean, um, yeah, I think the most important thing. This is probably my last point on basketball is that we really, really need uh, old Euro Plastics to get eligible. Yep, Euros Plastic needs to needs to get in the call the NCAA our front office every day and just. And just see what's good. See if they're gonna let him play, or see what the scoop is. Because I mean, we we need size. That's obvious. With Pond starting the four, we're we look like we're pretty desperate to have some kind of size on the team. <sighs> but um, yeah, that's pretty much all all I have. And we went a little bit over, but it's all right. Um, any uh, closing? comments or thoughts or things we missed i guess last last thought is we need to go out there and blow out uab to really get momentum going into the very final stretch of the last three sec games and get ball eligibility before vanderbilt that would be the goal i don't know if my heart can take another five and seven game with vandy having to or six a five and six game with vandy and having to play for ball eligibility no i've seen enough of that and also, yep. we need to get back to beating the UABs of the world, the Georgia States of the world. That starts with UAB. So, Absolutely. I do agree with you there. <sighs> well, uh, All right. it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun.
fun, too. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Maggie. All right, bye. See squared out.